back, everyone. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and time for another Sunday sit rep. Uh, got a exciting announcement to make about the pod here and uh, kind of some of the stuff that's going on. Uh, and then also, obviously, need to talk about some some shit that's been going on in the world, you know? Um, so I guess we'll we'll kind of... It's it's the HR... What is it? 1808? Um yeah, HR eighteen oh eight, the quote uh, renewal of the nineties Clinton assault weapon ban, which it isn't. It's it's actually like way worse and uh, more far reaching. So I'm gonna get into that and kind of obviously share my thoughts, feelings, uh, maybe why you should be concerned whether you're someone that uh, owns an AR fifteen or not, because it's actually pretty far reaching. So we're gonna unpack that a little bit um, before I get into all all that and get all upset and all fired up here and unleash the heartburn. Uh, I got to say thank you to our presenting sponsor, which is Eclipse Holsters. Uh, Guys, check out EclipseHolsters.com. You know, if you need a holster, if the one you're you're rocking right now is one of the, you know, $35 specials that you pulled off of Amazon, whether it's nylon or Kydex or Kydex and leather or, you know, whatever, go get a quality holster. All right, something that's going to last, something that has a lifetime guarantee, Eclipse Holster. It, it, they, they, they do amazing work. You know, the lifetime guarantee is incredible. Uh, if you need to exchange it, you know, I've told the story before. My wife bought a Glock about three weeks after I gave her her Springfield XD holster as a Christmas gift. They were more than happy to take it back and exchange it. No questions asked. Justin and her team do outstanding, outstanding work, both in the production and the servicing. They even hooked you guys up with the discount code prepared mindset, all one word. That'll knock 20% off the order, whether it's, you know, you need a, a magazine carrier uh, you need a tourniquet carrier, you need a concealed carry belt from core, uh, core belts. They cover all of that and honestly a whole bunch more. I'm rocking one of their new wallets. Uh, I've been carrying with that for a while now and it's super convenient and super easy. It's got like a, I got a clip built in to uh, carry my cards around. So when people go, Oh, Hey, you have a podcast I go. Yeah, here you go. Take a business card. So head on over to eclipseholsters.com. Again, our discount code prepared mindset, all one word, uh, will save you 20% off your order. And they guarantee that your holster will be out in the mail to you in three business days or less. Guys, Eclipse is great. Go check it out. And additionally here, got to make a somewhat exciting, uh, exciting for me, um, announcement here that we are now on Patreon. Guys, as of today, I I got up this morning, you know, I I checked the numbers, which I periodically do, just to kind of see where the growth of the the pod is at and kind of look at some of the data and the analytics and uh, today we have hit a thousand subscribers, so that's pretty awesome across all of our platforms. You know, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're on Podvine. Uh, we think we're on Podcast Index. Uh, you know, and then obviously RSS.com that we do all of our syndication through. You can also listen directly through their site. So of everything I'm able to track, yep, we finally exceed it. We actually hit the a thousand subscriber mark, which is huge. Um, cause in the podcast industry, that's when you can kind of start reasonably looking at charging for ad time and things like that, which I don't know, I don't know where that's going to take me just yet, but felt like the right time we created, uh, the beginnings of our Patreon page back, honestly, like the middle or end of April and have kind of been sitting on it, trying to put some ideas together and figure out how we're going to go uh, forward with this. So we officially launched the Patreon Today, uh, about half an hour ago, I put up the official launch post, um, added it to our link tree on our Instagram page. So if you guys are following us on Instagram, 
and you should be. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're not, go go check out the Instagram. Give us a uh, give us some likes. Give us a follow there. Check out the Linktree page and check out the Patreon. Going to have a one dollar, three dollar, and five dollar tiers to start. Uh, gives you some access to some exclusive content, um, things like some blogs. We're going to have some uh, exclusive. Uh, they're not going to really be podcast episodes because you're really only going to be able to access them through Patreon, but some exclusive uh, content and things through there. Uh, we have some stuff loaded up to kind of whet the appetite a little bit and, and get it started. Um, you know, if you guys want to help out what we're doing here, support the mission and uh, help us move forward, obviously greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's kind of the next step for us to try and do even more to bring even better for all of you. So check it out. That's patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. So head over, give that a click, and uh, support us. All right. <clears throat> so um, it's kind of ironic. You know, I released our latest episode on Thursday this past week. Had an awesome discussion with Derek Freimeyer from uh, Drop6. Uh, Derek's a super cool dude. We had a really, really good conversation. And, of course, um, you know, I open mouth inserted foot. Started the episode. Hey, it's a great day because Nancy Pelosi punted on her vote and blah, blah, blah. Then I get done with my editing and recording with Derek and find out that uh, the House Democrats actually forced through a rules change that allowed them to take the vote for H.R. 1808 and bump it up. They expedited it uh, through some political bullshit um, and some... Uh, very underhanded tactics to push the vote up, um, which I think was in an effort to, you know, kind of catch people off guard ahead of the six-week recess that the House is taking, which I just want to say again is, is it's incredibly awesome that these, you know, elected officials that are supposed to be here working for the people and representing the people just get to take a six-week paid vacation, you know, periodically throughout the year. I mean, uh, it, and it's not the only one. You know, I mean, they got it better than teachers. They got it better than um, a lot of us. And um, what is unfortunate about this is this, quote, assault weapons ban did pass the House. I think it was 217 to 213. You had uh, two Republicans vote in favor of, and I think we had two Democrats vote against it. Um, So you guys should definitely look into who voted for what in this issue. And, you know, midterms are coming up. Uh, this coming Tuesday, actually, I get to vote in the primary here in Michigan for who will be our next uh, governor uh, on the on the ticket. And um, you know, I know there's a couple uh, front runners here in Michigan. So if you're in the the Michigan, the great state of Michigan, I should say, um, I would really really look into people like Garrett Saldano, uh, Ryan Kelly. Um, I know Tudor Nixon's getting a, a lot of uh, or Dixon, I don't even know, um, is getting some attention online. I think it's kind of uh, overblown. I don't really know much about about her, but um, voting in your elections is is really crucial. <clears throat> and personally, I think that this this underhanded move, right, was done very specifically to leverage uh, a position to force through a Democrat Party agenda. This isn't, you know, if you look at the list right now of like what top concerns for people in this country are, you know, for a lot of folks, yeah, I mean, I'm sure gun control's on the list. It is not. As a nation, it's not on the top of the list. You know what what people are worried about right now? Gas prices. Inflation. You know, and why is inflation such a big deal? Because A, it means everything costs more. Why is that important? Because, you know, between everybody screaming and and moaning and groaning and bitching that we need to have, 
you know, $15 an hour minimum wage coming out of COVID shut down all the businesses. Now everyone's got a new job. We can't staff the, the places and, you know, restaurants and, and service industry work is kind of falling under. <clears throat> so businesses are going under. Uh, supply chain issues directly tied to COVID uh, because we still, for whatever reason, have COVID protocols in place uh, restricting supply chain. Um, the supply chain is further restricted because we can't, we don't have people to drive trucks cross state lines, cross country to transport goods. We have container ships that sat off the coast and, you know, uh, things spoiled. Uh, we now have, you know, stuff that was supposed to be out on store shelves in the beginning of spring is just now making it out onto store shelves because we just, we, we aren't able to get goods into the country fast enough all because of the fear of COVID, you know, and that's, directly controlled. You know, a lot of people want to comment, oh, one person doesn't affect the entire economy. Oh, President Biden's not responsible. Yeah, he is. He is. He and his administration are. Their policies on a lot of these things centering around COVID and using fear to drive everything, they're what pushed us into this this recession. And people are, are arguing, oh, we're not in a recession. Um, by definition, two down quarters in a row, financially speaking here, is a recession. We, we're in a recession. You think that, you know, think about the last, think back to the last recession, um, <clears throat> you know, with the Obama administration. Who was the vice president then? Oh, that's right, Joe Biden. And I remember very specifically the summer, it's like 2008, 2009, whatever. I remember paying over $4 a gallon for gas. And where are we at right now? Oh, that's right, $4 a gallon. And that's after we've just seen these gigantic jumps. Uh, we were over five bucks a gallon for a while there. And, you know, oh, well, it's not the president's fault. It's Ukraine's fault. Oh, it's Russia's fault. Oh, it's it's no one's fault. No, I mean, our president shut down the pipeline. He's he's done a lot to uh, hamstring the people of this country and how they, they get back and forth to work. Like, you know, pushing electric vehicles and being, you know, better on emissions. I'm, I'm all for that. You cannot force people into in, in it in over, you know, a two-year term, two-year span of time. It just it doesn't work that way. So, that aside, right, now the Democrat Party led, this is all led by, you know, Nancy Pelosi uh, in the House Representatives, who clear, should not be the Speaker of the House. She's a terrible, terrible woman. This is all in the midst of her husband uh, basically uh, buying a bunch of uh, software stock right before, you know, a, a big jump in it, you know, making millions and millions of dollars. And, oh, there's no insider trading here. It's fine. You know, um, people are not concerned about are we going to pass another assault weapons ban? We have millions upon millions upon millions of firearms in this country that this firearms ban would then turn all of us, right, firearms owners, into felons overnight. And, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that a couple of you are listening, at least thinking, well, that doesn't really impact me. I just have a, a shotgun or I just got like a, you know, a, a lever action, uh, you know, 30-30 that I hunt with or, hey, I just hunt muzzle loader, you know, um, or, hey, I just, you know, I don't own an AR. I just carry a handgun for work or I carry a handgun uh, when I go out of the house and stuff. So this, I don't really care because it doesn't impact me. It's just those tactical gun nuts that are going to be upset about this. Fucking seldom right and wrong again. Okay. You know, and and here's here's the rub is that the this is such a broad sweeping bill that applies to so many firearms. It, it legitimately, and this one doesn't have an expiration date. The Clinton era ban had a 10 year window and it was not renewed because it was not renewed because it was not effective. There was experts on both sides of the aisles that were pulled and said there was little to, to no 
change in violent crime, gun crime, any of this stuff, when they had the assault weapons ban in place before. So now what's the solution? Oh, we need to take it, we need to take it a step further. Mind you that during the assault weapons ban in the 90s, we had Columbine High School. Tragic, tragic incident and the progenitor of all modern school shootings and mass shootings, really. And those were shotguns and pipe bombs and pistol caliber carbines. We had the North Hollywood shootout, right? People found ways to get illegal automatic weapons with Chinese-made drum magazines, right? And President Biden loves China, supports China. Hunter Hunter Biden supports China. He's got money tied up over there in business interests, right? But the guys from the North Hollywood shootout, they they found automatic weapons and and were able to to conduct those, you know, uh, violent bank robberies and things. And those are just two examples. There's a lot of violence throughout the 90s uh, that that assault weapons ban didn't do anything but make more victims. It didn't fix anything. So now we're jumping forward 18 years, and oh, so now this ban will impact handguns as well. Anything with a threaded barrel, that's banned. So why would you have a threaded barrel on a handgun? Compensators, something that's going to make it easier to shoot with less felt recoil. Okay, that just screws onto the end of your barrel, and you got like a you tighten it down with a, an Allen screw. Some of them attached to like the guide rod or whatever. Um, so competition shooters, sport shooters, uh, people with uh, they're just weaker individuals. Whether that's women, somebody who maybe you have like a muscular degenerative disease or something. Um, nope, can't do that. Oh, I, I I followed the rules. I I bought a suppressor and I run my my handgun with a suppressor for you know hearing protection. Or so when I use my handgun in home defense, I don't blow out everyone's eardrums. You know, shooting down the hallway at an at an intruder. Um, nope. The, the threaded barrel, that makes that illegal. Um, quote, high-capacity magazines. So anything over, I believe it's 10 rounds, but it could be even five. You know, and there's some people that have hunting rifles that hold more than uh, more than five rounds. You know, um, detachable box-style magazines, I've heard that mentioned, and however inaccurately, um, that doesn't make it more dangerous. You know, the magazine capacity thing, this is what really gets me is we hear the term high capacity magazine thrown around and now it's it's so inundated in the media that everyone thinks that a high capacity magazine is 30 rounds and in fact it's not that's a standard capacity magazine it's standard it comes with every ar that you buy you get a 30 round magazine it was designed to be used with that weapon system in my mind if you really want to use the term high capacity you're looking at something like a 50 round or a 100 round drum mag or beta mag, something that's, or belt fed, you know, those are high capacity. 30 rounds is standard. You want to look at handguns? 17 rounds is standard. You can tell this because law enforcement agencies, who for the most part all use 9mm handguns, like the FBI, like many police force, forces across the country, they run a Glock 17. How many rounds does the Glock 17 hold? 17 in the magazine and one in the chamber. Okay, the Smith & Wesson uh, M&P pistol, 17 in the magazine, one in the chamber. The M17 handgun that SIG, SIG uh, makes that was, uh, they won the contract bid for the, the army, right? The big army, the military, right? How many rounds does the M17 hold? 17 plus one. Even smaller, more what we call compact handguns that a lot of people carry for self-defense, or even they just have it in their nightstand at home. They don't carry it, but they have it for self-defense. It's a slightly larger frame than a, a subcompact, like your Glock 19s, your M&P um, compacts, the uh, Sig P320. Those are very common handguns. Those all have 15 in the magazine and one in the chamber. 
all of those handguns, of which there are millions and millions and millions in circulation, would be made illegal as it, under this bill. As would obviously then <clears throat> AR-style rifles. Can't make them anymore. Can't sell them. Can't anything with them. AK-style rifles. Nope. Can't do that because those are all weapons of war. Um, there's a video that was circulating on the internet. And I forget the gentleman that ran his mouth and was like just totally idiotic with this, but I know Representative Thomas Massey, who I believe is from Kentucky, um, actually there, came out and said, you know, the Internet's going to educate you on this because you're completely wrong. And that was on AR pistol braces. So um, what those are, if you don't know, is originally it takes a stock off of a rifle um, for disabled shooters, people in like a wheelchair who can't really, you know, um, get their body behind the stock to shoot a rifle. So with an AR pistol... Um, brace. What it has is like a rubber, a rubberized cuff, sort of built into the back of it that velcros around your forearm. So that way the uh, the buffer tube sits across the top of your forearm and it's strapped in place with this rubber cuff and it's tightened with like a velcro strap. So it secures it to your forearm, giving you more stability. And then you can take a second hand and make a pistol grip, or you can grab it in front of the magazine well or, or whatever. But it was specifically made for disabled shooters. It does not in any way, shape, or form allow the weapon system to function differently than with a stock. However, this idiot politician goes out and talks about how uh, AR pistol braces essentially make these, uh, or, or they act in the same manner as a bump stock, which a bump stock is a very, very different device, is actually literally defined as a stock, not a brace. A bump stock, essentially, as the firearm recoils back, it pushes the firearm back forward, so it allows you to work the trigger even faster than your um, than your normal trigger pull would uh, be able to to fire in rapid succession. So a lot of people talk about how those make uh, semi-automatic weapons. That it's a conversion device for fully auto, um, which is also false because fully automatic by definition means that you can just pull you can pin the trigger down and it just you know goes until you run out of ammo. Not not true. A bump stock is it just helps you fire faster. Uh, and those were, were actually banned by the Trump administration. I think that got overturned. I don't actually care because I think bump stocks and people that just want to do like ammo dumps into old refrigerators and piles of trash are um, kind of idiotic, and it's just a waste of ammunition when you could be using those that ammo to uh, develop actual skills, marksmanship, manipulations, uh, you know, target transitions, things like that. Um, but it's our Second Amendment right to have access to these items. That's why it was the, the ban was lifted and reversed because we have the right to access these. Um, what's even more upsetting, you know, around all of this is the Supreme Court rulings that we were talking about on this podcast just a, a couple short weeks ago sided with the citizens of the country and basically laid the groundwork to say that, you know, you can't, that, that bans like this really aren't legal. You can't do this. You can't require people to have to prove why they need to defend themselves and that the Second Amendment is a fundamental foundational right as defined by our Constitution. Um, you know, and again, comments being made by these these politicians who are in office to uh, help legislate and enact the will of the people that they represent, <clears throat> saying things like, you know, oh, the problem with these weapons is that they are in common use. So basically, weapons for me, self-defense for me, security for me, but not for thee, right? Because they're politicians that, can, that have either government-appointed, government-paid-for security, 
or they are independently wealthy through all of their quote completely legal stock market transactions don't don't ask me how somebody makes 125,000 a year as a uh, house representative and has a net worth of like you know multiple million dollars uh, at, and I, I just don't get it it's clearly underhanded dealings and just uh, lobbying and once these people leave office and they get jobs and giant corporations on boards making bloated exorbitant salaries and you know I don't trust politicians and neither should you. But these are the people telling us why we don't need these firearms. <clears throat> Even further, jump back. Jump back two years. 2020, the summer of love, right? George Floyd, all those incidents and everything, right? What did we hear from the left? What did we hear from Democratic leadership like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Rashida Tlaib? Or Ilhan Omar, right? What do we hear from the? Oh, defund the police. The police are the problem. They're the issue. We need to. We yeah. Oh, we need to take guns away from police. We need need to end qualified immunity. We need to defund police and move to you know social workers and community policing and police departments aren't the way. You know to hell with back the blue. But now, after sitting there saying that the police officers, our law enforcement, cannot be trusted, they're the enemy. They're the bad guys. Now all of a sudden. Oh, the citizens are the bad guys. We're the ones that can't have access to firearms. We're the ones that can't be trusted to have these kinds of weapons, uh, AR-style, you know, rifles and things like that. I will point out here, because this is this is pretty fucking important, right? <clears throat> that nothing in this bill prohibits government agencies from having these rifles. That that's that's the jacked up part. The Second Amendment literally says that we have a right to a well-regulated militia. Look up the term well-regulated. How are we supposed to be well-regulated if we don't have access to these firearms? Access to the ability to train with them? You would not look at any uh, a platoon or, or anything, right? In any branch of the military, anything, and look at that and say if they didn't train on the regular with their firearms, if they didn't practice with them, have, have regular access to those, you would not, by any stretch of any imagination, call them well-regulated. The same thing with law enforcement agencies, and they question, and, and they, to some extent, don't have the access they should to reasonable training, to quality training, to education, to make them better at their job, to keep them safe, to keep the community safe, right? Well-regulated militia, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. It says it right there, <clears throat> and these arguments, you know, um, the founders, they were, they were talking about muskets, essentially modern day muzzle loaders. Um, and I know there's probably a handful of you listening, you know, uh, yeah, muzzle loaders, muskets, um, anything over a 50, ca 50 caliber and above would be made illegal because no one needs that. Well, howdy do folks. Do you know what most muzzle loaders shoot? It's a 50 caliber. It is. That would be made illegal. Now, you're going to tell me, anybody who shoots muzzle loader knows it is not exactly uh, a high-volume uh, rate-of-fire weapon system. A lot of people, they hunt with it because they enjoy the skill that comes with it and how it kind of, not being able to fire a follow-up shot easily kind of levels the playing field with the game. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, anyways, uh, I don't hunt, and I don't hunt muzzle loader. Um, not really my thing. So... Uh, but that, you know, muzzle loader, you'd have to either step down your caliber um, or get rid of it. And the solution here is to spend millions and millions of government dollars then collecting these, confiscating these weapons, 
forcing citizens to turn over their arms. Um, and then I don't, I don't even know how you would handle this. I would, I would hope there would at least be, if it does pass the Senate, which I'm hearing that it, it, it's not, has no chance in the Senate, but you know, I was also (laughs) told that Nancy Pelosi couldn't get the votes together, uh, to get this through the house. And then look what happened. Um, I read somewhere that they had to give in concessions and include language for, uh, increasing funding of law enforcement that was the trade-off and why apparently some of these representatives uh you know signed this bill or or voted in favor of it but why that doesn't work is because we've spent the last two years probably even longer honestly since the obama administration basically started this war against law enforcement and talked about how our country's not a safe place and our country isn't great and you know all these things we have been cutting back and even before that honestly we've been cutting back since the clinton administration on police budgeting Oh, the police get too much money. Oh, the police do this. Oh, we do this. You know, we don't we need to take more and more money away from them. So essentially, by signing this bill, you are trying to strip away, right, a 250-year-old piece of legislation in the Second Amendment and take these guaranteed God-given freedoms away from the, the citizens of the United States of America. And in turn, <clears throat> that's justified because, oh, you're giving back money to law enforcement, which, what, takes them from the budget of 2022 and puts them back, what, maybe to the budget of 2018? Optimistically, maybe 2015, when things were already shitty? Like, it's not like they're giving trillions of dollars back to law enforcement here. Uh, so it doesn't, it's just a Band-Aid. And it's it, it's done for optics. Like, if you don't see that, you're you're probably blind. It's like, you know, um, someone steals your lunch and you're starving and they go, well, here, and they give you like the last bite of the sandwich. Yes, they gave you food, not enough to to keep you, you know, fed and you're not going to sit there and have hunger pains through the rest of the day or something. Um, It's it's honestly more of a slap in the face and shows it actually really does a nice job of highlighting of how stupid these politicians think that we as people are. So um, I don't know exactly when this is coming up through the Senate, um, but here's here's what I'm what I'm going to say is that if you're listening to this and you're a citizen of the United States, you need to reach out to your representatives. You need to reach out to your senators. You need to let them know where you stand on this and that you will not tolerate this. And hopefully. Um, when these mid when the midterm elections come up, a vote in your damn primaries, folks. If you don't know when your primary is, seriously, if you're listening to this right now, you don't know when your primary is. Like, hit pause, stop listening to me, run my trap, and Google search when your next primary is, because a lot of cities, mine is one of them, by the way, does not does a terrible, a terrible, terrible fucking job letting you know when a vote is coming up. Because, oh, well, it's just a school board election. Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just a local. It doesn't matter. Our democracy is built around, our, our democratic republic, I'm sorry, is built around voting in the voice of the people. You need to get out and vote. And if you're somebody who's sincerely listening to this and you go, oh, I don't vote. I don't vote because it doesn't make a difference. Fuck yes, it does. And you know what? I know there's at least a couple of people I've talked to that are, they, they work in the firearms industry. You know, if you're, especially if you're someone in the firearms industry and you're sitting here saying, you know, I don't vote because of this reason, or I'm not going to vote because I don't think it's going to make a difference. They're just going to do what they want. You have to try. You have to try and you have to engage and you have to be a, you know, a, a, a member of society. You know, go vote for this. Get these people out of office 
You know, people who are career politicians have absolutely no business telling the rest of us how we want to live our lives. It's just like, you know, these uh, athletes, athletes that go out there and, and, and want to make social justice statements, tell the rest of us, you know, hey, they don't want to hear from us about how they need to play the game right? Hey, you have a shit game and I, you know, whatever fans are pissed, right? Fan being short for fanatic. So I'm not justifying any of that because like God knows sports fans don't really make a bunch of sense. Um, Go Lions, by the way. Uh, But they don't want to hear that from us, but then they will use their position and their platform to tell the whole world how they need to live their life. And because you really like how they play basketball or you really like how they throw a football or you really like their particular style of Jordans or whatever shoes that they have out there, you're going to make decisions based around those idiots people who in a lot of cases like barely went to school or didn't even go to school at all in some instances but because they can play a a children's game really really well you're gonna let them dictate how you live your life and how our country is ran that's it's pretty it's pretty fucking idiotic honestly and i know there's a lot of you listening that are on board with that but for the rest of you like think about that for a second those people have security they don't have to worry about their next paycheck. They have more money than God ever thought of having. They live an entirely different lifestyle and live and can travel wherever they want to do whatever they want. The rest of us have to monitor our spending, have to live where we live within reason. And, you know, life runs on a different set of rules for us. So think about that and go out and vote some of these career politicians out, you know, and if you reach out to your representative, your senators, like I did, I reached out to uh, Debbie Stabenow here in Michigan before before the safer communities bill was passed and it took and like several weeks before right and it took until a week or two weeks after it was passed to get a response for her from from her or her office I, I should say um, and it was basically a slap in the face saying that she realizes that the second amendment is very important but she certainly supports common sense gun legislation that's going to make our community safer and then went on to say that she supports we need to do more and that she recommends we do things like an assault weapons ban that will take AR-style weapons off the street. Like it, it, she didn't even read the message. Now, her people obviously waited until after the vote to send that out. It's a, it's a huge slap in the face. Uh, almost identically, when I reached out to uh, Representative Andy Levin here in Michigan, um, reached out through the gun policy platform, got a automated response about how he voted for HR 8 that expanded background checks is going to make everything safer and he's going to vote in favor of the assault weapons ban because it makes sense and it makes communities safer. It makes communities safer. Okay, these people do not care. They're pushing a party line because they want to get re-elected. That's all it is. They're pandering for votes. We don't hear from half of these people the rest of the year, but because midterm elections are coming up and they're trying to toe the party line, and make sure that the Democrats don't lose their standing in the House of Representatives, here we are. Oh, yeah, uh, gun gun violence. It's a huge hot topic right now. The media pushes the story. The politicians shape the narrative. They change the definition. All sitting here telling us that guns are the problem, deflecting away from the, the huge issue of a recession in this country, which, by the way, when things cost more, businesses cannot afford to do as much, so they have to do less. When they do less, there is less work to go around, which means... People lose their fucking jobs. And by people, I mean you and me. People listening to this. You lose your jobs. All right? That's your livelihood. That's your ability to pay your mortgage. And you can't just refinance the mortgage because, you know what? Interest rates are, they're not down in the 2% and stuff like they were before. The Fed announced that they're raising rates, you know, three quarters of a point. And uh, it's not, we're not in good shape here, folks. And this is a failure of leadership. 
a lot of people wanted to sit there and say that Trump was only a good president because, oh, the Obama policies finally had the chance to kick in. Like, I'm sorry, if Barack Obama was president of this country for eight years, and he was, and his policies didn't get us in a better position at the end of eight years, then I don't think that what Donald Trump did was a reactive measure of uh, the, the success can't be uh, attributed to what Barack Obama did as president of this country. You know, we had sub $2 a gallon gas prices. We were actually exporting energy for the first time in this country's history under President Donald Trump. We had better foreign uh, policy. We went after terrorism. You know, uh, we drew a hard line with some of these countries and, and put them on notice that the United States would not be bullied. And then, you know, fast forward, here we are, uh, a questionable election with more mail-in voting than has ever been seen in this country. And yet people, idiots on the left, just heralding this as, oh, that's how you know it's the voice of the people just hate Trump. Really? Because you can't account for any of it. We won't put serial numbers on account ball- on, on ballots like we do, you know, with uh, things like shit, I don't know, lotto tickets or uh, registrations for firearms, registrations for vehicles, registration numbers for your ID. We want to sit here and scream that voter identification laws are racist somehow, as as if the, you know, the infrastructure integrity of our uh, Democratic Republic here should not require you to prove that you're a U.S. citizen. In addition to that, we have the Biden administration you know, bringing in truckloads and truckloads and truckloads and busloads of people and delivering them all over the country, illegal immigrants from Mexico. And then they're going to push the narrative of we don't need voter ID laws. So then all these illegals can come in and they can vote without any ID. And where are they going to vote? The Democrats are the one that let them in. Of course, they're going to vote blue. They're the party of acceptance and multiculturalism, and they're going to make life great. So, yeah, I mean, look at the big picture here. It's We're past conspiracy theories at this point. You just need to look at the playbook, like, all-encompassing, and realize that what, for the most part, mainstream media is telling you about things like immigration and assault weapons bans, it's all down, done in a very specific lens to make you look at one thing and think about one set of ideas and concepts uh, while they manipulate you into doing what, what they want. Um, and all the while, you're just going to keep voting for them. You're going to keep them in office while they make hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is more than most of us in this country do right, you know, make right now. Um, aside from, you know, how they vote on issues and where they give government contracts to. So when they get out of politics, they can spend the last 10, 20 years of their life and working career in a nice cushy boardroom position where they work about, mm, I don't know, three months out of the year and collect a $600,000 salary and retire to some vacation home somewhere sunny like Florida or California or Texas. So, um, but I digress. The HR 1808, we use go to gun check out their Instagram, reach out to your elected officials, make your opinion heard. If they come back to you with the same automated crap, like then you, then you just know, you know, the next time you see their name on a ballot, that is not the person that you are voting for. It should not be the person you're voting for. And if you're in Michigan, and I know we have several listeners in the Michigan, uh, in the state of Michigan, because I look at my my heat mapping and my analytics. So if you're in Michigan, you're pro two eight. You're listening to this. We need to, we need new senators. <clears throat> um, Debbie Stabenow, Gary Peters are not pro Second Amendment. They are not pro people's rights. We need new representatives. Andy Levin is not doing his job. He, they are pushing the Democratic Party agenda to make sure that they're protected by the party and they're pulled through the election. 
I don't care that Gary Peters used to be in the Naval uh, Reserves. I don't care that Debbie Stabenow came from a hunting community in mid-Michigan because their words say one thing and their actions say something entirely different. These people are not, they are not defending and protecting and voting in favor of what their constituents want. And for everyone else listening across the country, like, do the same thing. Look into where your representatives and senators are voting. And and take a hard look at that. Are these the people you want representing you? Don't just show up at the ballot, you know, at the, the polling station, the ballot box, whatever, and go, oh, yeah, I know their name. Things have been okay under them, so I'll just check that box. And, and you know, conversely, don't, don't just check all Republican. You know, really understand what some of these people are voting for. Because we have several, what the term rhinos comes up, right? Republicans in name only. They're on the ticket as a Republican, but they vote for a lot of Democratic-backed issues. So just because they, they're affiliated as a Republican doesn't mean they're someone you want to keep in office, right? Um, like Mitt Romney comes to, comes to mind because he votes in favor of a lot of Democrat-backed issues. And, I mean, the dude's just he's worthless. In my opinion, dude, totally worthless. He's a career politician just like Joe Biden and needs to be, you know, voted out. So... Um, that's what I got for you guys. Um, do your own research. We're talking about a lot here, but seriously, this is something that is very, very, very important. Um, and, uh, like I said, when I started, you know, go check out our Patreon page. If you guys, you know, please consider supporting us. Uh, it's going to help us do more and give us access to, uh, to more resources and be able to, uh, do bigger and better things. So that's what I got for you guys. I got another guest coming on this week. I think you're really, really going to dig. So, Stay tuned for more of that. But until then, folks, get out there, hit the range, work hard, train smarter, and like we always say here, be prepared. 